0: In a way, to me, awareness mostly does continue to come. If I've gained any singular, if I want to highlight anything for myself in terms of my own awareness through movement practice and general relationship with somatics, it's the ability to recognize that context makes the difference for everything. <laughs> Hello folks, that was probably loud. Hang on a second, that doesn't sound right. You know what? I think it is right. <laughs> I love recording intros. Anyway, welcome, welcome to Movement Matters. Uh, I do love recording intros, mostly because, actually a lot of people allow me to just sort of ramble, it's very strange, I don't know why they do it, but I I especially enjoy doing it occasionally in these intros. And I know you're always allowed to skip it. You know you're allowed to skip ahead, of course, uh, if you just want to listen to the actual conversation. But, you know, we all we all need a little time for this monologue, and uh, I especially need it, you know. I've had a, a month and a half that has really kicked my ass. It has also been so good on so many levels, but there's no denying it has been a... Crash course in leveling up and growth, and learning some key lessons to say the least. Some of which I might discuss a little bit here um, in a professional, respectful manner. Um, another reason I love doing intros is because it gives me an opportunity to say something jackassy, if you will, about either any of our sponsors and I'm going to go with, uh, because it's, it's what's here on the cue cards. Um, native, they're a cafe in downtown Doylestown. Um, lots of good things to say about native, but we're going to, we're going to highlight the bad things. One, their place is too small, so they need to move. They've been, uh, they've totally outgrown this one spot. They really ought to take up a whole block it probably would be good if we just turned an entire block into native cafe. Or at least half a block. So take that on you know take that into consideration. That's um you know, you have a customer requests and, and questioned kind of box. Consider that one that you might want to think about. And two, um, there's this thing that they, they're not open enough because they're too busy. So two problems. They need a bigger space. They need more people so they can be open enough because the bottom line is obviously they're an amazing, it's an amazing place on so many levels. Such a great place. So much so that they're so busy. And occasionally you go, you walk around the corner and you see, yeah, it's gonna, there's a bit of a line there. So you might have to come back or settle for plan B. But nobody wants to settle for plan B, Jay. Nobody wants that. So you got to find a bigger place. Or or maybe be open more. I don't know. It's probably just me. Let's assume so. Anyway, Native Cafe. What a great cafe, to say the least. If you've not gone, you might want to. Um, They have coffee. And lots of other great things. All right, so... Thanks for the sponsorship, you you crazy, crazy clowns. Valentine Liashenko. That's how you say his name, by the way, Liashenko. I don't know if I've ever actually said his name to him or around him. It's always just Valentine because that's enough. You don't meet many Valentines and it's enough to just say Valentine. You don't need to say a Valentine's second name or surname. It's just there's one Valentine most of the year. So I know Valentine because we both started the Feldenkrais Professional Training Program together, and he graduated almost two years ago uh, in July of 2019. And it's a four-year program. I have not finished it. He has. Needless to say, he is a uh, wise somatic educator, to say the least, and we'll get into some of the specifics of his background in a moment, but we'll go, we'll get more into that in a roundabout way. I was listening to a contemporary of mine, if you will, who I very much respect. It's hard not to respect him because he's so damn passionate and committed and clearly intelligent and thoughtful and, and, uh, Engaging with people in a in a way that I think you can only be inspired by, even if you don't like some ways, some things he says or him, so to speak, uh, you can't help but respect the approach. I can't, at least. And he was discussing, I think, religion, spirituality, and metaphysics, which you know tickles my fancy, if you will, especially when coming at it uh, with the framework that he would, and he did. And it reminded me of why I love that quote from Fight Club, which uh, I seem to say a lot, (laughs) and it does have to do with my last month and a half, to say the least. Um, And that is that sticking feathers up your butt does not make you a chicken. Like I said, the intros are for me to just ramble. So I say this quote a lot for better or worse because I think it is true again not necessarily on purpose but still somewhat frighteningly so that he, that there is a an easy there's almost a gravitational force to believing you have it all figured out or to convincing yourself that you know what you're talking about such that you might ignore any potential questions or seeds of doubt or simply footnotes or just indications that there's some that there that it's not that you don't have a finished puzzle so to speak that there are other pieces and I don't know of anybody who does have a finished puzzle. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. So if you fundamentally think you do or even can, first off, I think that's worth reconsidering. And second, if you're operating that way, the point is that's like sticking feathers up your butt and pretending you're a chicken. You're not a chicken, of course. You can't be a chicken. That's just crazy. Um, It's a very... You know, a grotesque and somewhat offensive quote, but I think it's it hits the point pretty well. So, the issue here is that if you don't know that you're doing that, and it's very easy to do, you might, you're probably having an effect that you don't intend on the people around you um, in whatever context, whether they're family, uh, clients, children and most importantly, yourself. And honestly, I take it so seriously, it almost breaks my heart. I almost wanna cry because it's so, it seems like the fundamental problem with our species. And it's a big part of why I am so careful with what I say. I am so careful and deliberate with how I present myself. Uh, Obviously somewhat to a fault, I'm not ignorant to that. Um, and I do know how to just let loose, don't worry about that. But I, I, I care so much about not perpetuating falsities or uh, inaccuracies or constructs or abstractions because I really, really believe, and that was the essence of what this person that, I'm, uh, that I was listening to was kind of saying, that it's only dangerous, especially at this point in the history so to speak the the context of our society and civilization it's very dangerous which by the way is why i wrote a book which um i'll plug i'll be plugging more i'll come back to that too um so i want to leave you with two questions regarding that subject of not pretending you're a chicken, not tricking yourself into thinking you're a chicken. And one is about mystery. Um, I'll read them as I wrote them. Is it possible that by accepting that there's a mystery, there's an unknown, there's an unknowable element to life, that we are embracing a biological imperative? And that is within the context of just being ourselves and part of a collective, so individual group. Um, In other words, do we need to really get to a point where we're willing to say, we're never going to know everything, and that's just what we're going to have to live with? And with that, I I actually have a sort of, I don't think it's a defense of religion, it's just an acknowledgement of the history of the word. The word comes from the Latin re ligare, which, um, funny enough, Matthew McConaughey has actually popularized uh, in the last maybe 6 to 9 months with his um book tour for the book Green Lights because he kept telling people how the word religion actually means to rebind at its core and he's right in latin that's what it is to rebind to reconnect or remember and it's it seems i don't know who was just calling me josh i don't know a josh <laughs> i don't think i know a josh sorry about that it seems likely that there is a need for us to have some kind of um, awareness of reality, what you could call story, but I don't think it's good to call it. I think we could do better by calling it awareness of reality. which I think we ought to strive for that. Which uh, an awareness of reality which is inherently which serves this rebinding, if you will, this re bind <laughs> thank you. This rebinding element. Can you close the door? Um, I believe we can develop this awareness also that's part of the fun of the intros you might hear what's really going on around me uh, such as people calling or inter saying hi so okay point being I think that we can have an awareness of reality which is inherently or functionally unifying and that we need it quite frankly I think we need it and that is not a defense of religion, such acknowledgement that we could could upgrade what religion really means and how it operates for us. It doesn't have to be rooted in these kinds of um, feather-up-your-butt kind of constructs, if you will. We'll come up with a more poetic way of saying that. And that is, again, the inherent point that I am seemingly always coming back to if not the question i'm always coming back to is like what what's what is it going to take for that and also is that am i missing something am i wrong because two things one i absolutely want to make sure that i'm only sharing that which i can see is supportive of Growth and progress, and if I'm ever missing something, I want to be. I want to know. I want to learn, especially if it means okay, there is a there is room for some sort of other uh, ingredient to our our shared understanding. Meaning, it doesn't all have to come back to that which is consistently observable or. Um yeah, even just consistent. It doesn't have to always come back to that. There could be something that is inherently just beyond our comprehension. And again, back to the in the first question, mystery, I think there are things that are inherently beyond our comprehension. It's just do we need to leap to that as a primary aspect of how we live as animals on this planet. Thus far, I believe the answer is no. And it is to our detriment to do so. So, thanks for letting me ramble. And actually, that is an that is how I envisioned essentially getting to my friend here, Valentine, <laughs> who is by no means doing any of the things that Um, concerned me. He is only, hence being a Feldenkrais practitioner, he is only a student of awareness of that which I would say uh, of of reality, of that which can better unify us. He is an incredible student. He's one of the most um, learned and effective students in this regard I've ever met and you're going to hear why uh, especially as soon as you start listening because he actually in he engages right off the bat um, with his own perspective I didn't even need to you know we warmed up a little bit because actually I'll I'll point out this this was his first podcast ever we warmed up a little bit and clearly he didn't need it because he went right into it and it was great I actually let him talk I think for like the first 10 minutes uninterrupted uh, I don't know if it was 10 minutes, but it seems it was around that much time. Um, what do you need to know about him? He lives in New York, uh, Queens at this point. Like I said, we met in 2015. So we've known each other for almost six years now. Um, he's really gotten into, and I didn't know this uh, when we started speaking, he's really gotten into Wim Hof Method. And uh, he's just an all-around... Really beautiful guy, really beautiful man. So, there you go. Um, I think I'm going to leave that as is for him so that you can just get into it. But I will acknowledge, like I said, that I wrote a book. It is currently in its, um, it's being edited. It's not public yet. So, don't worry. You can't, you haven't missed it. You can't read it yet. But I'm in increasingly excited to be sharing it Uh, i feel good about the possibility of sharing it with you by the end of the year and that is that is the name of the game it's called the tyranny of freedom a functional model for being human and i'll say more as we get closer to publishing but for now i think that's it here is my good friend the one and only valentine liashenko Thank you, enjoy.
1: You know, we find ourselves in, in this place, wherever we are in, in the world and in life, and we all went through something, right? Um, it's May, and um, I found out maybe for the first time this year that it's uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, um, that you know, there are hospitals and organizations that celebrate it and it's actually been coined, you know, like in the 60s or something. Uh, a while ago, and but anyway, um, it just goes along with the train of thought as, you know, mental health, well-being in general, and, um, you know, uh, and for me, kind of, um, I begin to think about, well, what are the means to feel better? Well, what are the means uh, that we can be in a better place um, than we're now? And um, for me, of course, that answer have been physical. Uh, So I've always found my way through different challenges in my life, shall I say, with um, exercise or movement, right? And uh, certainly in terms of mental health, I find that exercise or doing a movement practice has been really instrumental in keeping me grounded and um, keeping me uh, feeling, not only feeling better, but uh, just regaining my motivation to, to, to keep on, um, trying to get better, whatever it is that I'm doing, whatever it is that I'm pursuing. And, um, this has sort of been something I've been thinking a lot about recently and, Um, and reading about a lot recently is how, how, you know, there are different ways to navigate exercise and, you know, you, you say that word and people have different feelings and and emotions about it. And, um, I've been sort of working this up in, in, in my brain as a, as a, as a term that could mean so many different things. Right. And there's so many things to, to move and, um, Participate in an activity and and that could be uh, geared towards feeling better in whatever it is in whatever way it is for you um, personally. And it's I, I'm I consider myself very fortunate that I I've over time have come across different uh, resources that have allowed me to experience movement and shall we say exercise in different ways, right? I look at it now as like a word that has different layers or different lenses that we can use to to think about it. Um, Of course, you know, there's an aerobic way of exercising, strength way of exercising. Then of course, there's a lighter way, such as doing something like an awareness uh, practice that is slower in uh, in, in pace slower in, in, um, in, in, in its continuity, but also, um, has an element of, of, uh, not only physical slowness, but like that mental slowness where you kind of consciously deliberately bring yourself down from whatever speed from wherever you were, you really take the, the time to agree with yourself almost uh, and say, okay, well, right now I'm going to do something different from the moment before. And that will immediately put you in a different place. And just just having that understanding, having that sort of agreement with yourself that you're just going to immerse yourself in an experience um, that will bring about a change right? without any expectations of of what, you know, what it is and what it might be, but just allowing yourself to to experience something different from the moment uh, before. And um, one thing that I've also um, started building on um, over the course of the last year, that was really, really stressful for many people, including myself, is uh, bre- deliberate breathing exercises. I started um, delving into Wim Hof method and, so I've been doing it for religiously, like not to use that word in an improper way, but I mean like really uh, um, in a, a structured way, I should say, in a very consistent way uh, with discipline, I've been doing it for a year and two months. And there I found another means of in, in, in involving myself in an activity that is not cardio or strength based necessarily, more internal, internally based where again you're agreeing with yourself which for most people i find actually is a very hard thing I And mean, a lot of people that i work with or some people that i've worked with whenever you try to bring people into slowness where they can actually feel themselves pay attention to themselves it's actually not an easy thing to do <laughs> because we're so used to <clears throat> our busy lifestyles where we feel comfortable or it feels familiar to us you know that's all we know and um, Anyway, going back to, you know, this newfound activity for myself, you know, I'm immersing myself into this slow breathing um, session where, you know, I pay attention to my breathing and how I'm breathing and maybe even the counts, which in of itself actually is not an easy task because eventually your mind drifts. Eventually you kind of start thinking about other things that you were thinking of before, maybe didn't have time to think of before so that constant ping-ponging of i'm here now i'm here you know your mind always wants to take you out of focus and so you know coming back to my my thing about exercise so you of course you had another exercise but how but the how is is at the end of the day uh, is what will take you to the next level and what i mean by that is that you know, it, exercising for the sake of just doing something to, to do it is one approach, right? Where you're just like, for example, going to a, a gym um, and you're sitting on a stationary bike and you're spinning the wheels and you're reading a newspaper, or watching TV. Yes, you're exercising, you know, but then there's this next element of mindfulness, doing something deliberately. And so my 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 whole thing about, um, exercise, especially in terms of mental health and just overall health is we all have to, it'll be, it's, it's a great thing to come to terms with just allowing yourself to be immersed, um, in an, in a, in a realm of an activity that is different from the norm where you can let go of reading newspaper, you can let go of your phone, and you could just really deliberately focus on yourself, on you, which we don't spend a lot of time doing anymore. Right? We don't really spend enough time actually sensing and feeling ourselves in, in the state of all these anxieties that might be coming up. Uh, that we're just sort of brushing under the rug, brushing under the rug, and then eventually things just sort of blow out of proportion and then, then you have to do something more drastic potentially or um, you just reframe your whole way of, of thinking about life and how you apply yourself.
0: And... That was a yeah. pause. I, I should jump in there. Yeah, that was a pause. <laughs> <laughs> so the funniest thing is you you clearly you had that whole outline right there you were you were already ready to give me that opening monologue weren't you you just you were just tw- pulling my leg earlier you were totally prepared you were just completely ready to talk about this. And we didn't even talk about mental health awareness month you didn't bring that up at all when we were just shooting the breeze a moment ago that's great <laughs> you had a whole opening monologue ready and that was beautiful you gave me a whole map for what we're where we're gonna go from here this oh, is thank great thank you I have so many wonderful questions. Obviously, with respect to exercise in general, you bring up. Obviously, you're, you it makes complete sense why you would be on this show. Which movement matters, by the way, in case you that didn't you didn't realize or remember the title of the show. It's movement matters. Yeah. Um, you hit on a couple things, of course. Doesn't have, exercise doesn't have to be physical, which. But what does it mean really to embrace the. Physicality of our reality is is important to get into. Um, it's not necessarily a one size fits all, of course. Um, it's not a you don't need to have a cookie cutter approach, and in fact, that probably wouldn't be ideal for everybody. Um, nevertheless, there probably are, of course, consistent building blocks or foundations that we all it would behoove us all to respect, and and that's probably actually for me the part that I'm most excited about. Um, of course, breathing is one of those foundational pieces. So I didn't—I forgot you had gotten into Wim Hof. I knew you had started exploring it. I think when we were in school together, still in like 2018, maybe right? Yeah, like you were bringing up how you were playing with the ice and everything. And I remember you and Doug and I—we were talking about it a little bit. Yeah, um, is that accurate? Like you started playing with it then? Maybe a little. Yeah,
1: bit? It, it was more like. um an idea or a thought at that point, as you said, um, to start experiencing this, but it didn't really come into play, um, until I found
0: myself, uh, you said basically the beginning of quarantine, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. So I'm very curious about that. And of course, wondering if you're playing in the ice at all, um, you smile. You are. Good. He shakes his <laughs> head. Yes. Good. Very curious. Snow. About that. <laughs> the ice and the snow. Yeah. Well, we had a very snowy winter. I assume you probably did as well. Um, so there's a lot of places we can go here. I, I'm delighted you gave me such a wonderful opening monologue. I didn't I didn't expect that. That was wonderful. Very good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what. What do you feel most drawn to at the moment, exploring more of this foundational, I call, I mean, honestly, that's what I call real wellness to me. That's the point. That's the, the point of calling it real wellness is that this is the foundation at the end of the day for all humans. Um, it's not necessarily the foundation for humans and chimps or humans and orangutans or humans and monkeys or humans and naked mole rats or humans and, um, eagles. It's the foundation for humans. So, I'm sure there's some overlap even with the naked mole rats, but let's stick with humans and humans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you could obviously broaden that, of course, to just all mammals, all of life, et cetera. But what are the foundations for humans? Personally, I get obviously very jazzed about that. But I'm also very curious about your experience thus far with, with the Wim Hof Method. And so out of those two options, like I said, this is just a conversation. Which, which piece do you feel more drawn to what's gravity pulling you towards
1: sure well the first of all it's pulling me towards uh mentioning then that's my you know we probably are similar in that way but that wellness health in general terms is um and, and how you improve on that through exercise right which is a broad word for many things depending on who's talking about and what you mean but just realizing and appreciating that um at least for me and i'm sure for you multi-dimensional approach will yield greater results than something that's a net more of a narrow focus all right so let's go down that path yeah. yeah so
0: starting off by acknowledging at least three dimensions in terms of how you relate to your body
1: Right, right. So of course, we all you know want to feel strong and resilient and fit, you know, again, whatever those things mean. Uh, but of course, that feeling corresponds potentially to to our behavior, right? Um, and how it can improve our behavior even. So, of course, there you know there are different realms such as like st- strength training, you know, doing cardiovascular, Work um, and things like that, that are uh, more traditional sense exercise where you're doing something that's geared towards um, improving your fitness in one way or another. Um, right. And then th- there is another dimension uh, of self care, which could also be targeted through exercises of different kinds such as breathing exercises such as Feldenkrais or somatic training that allows you to really tap into your own patterns and functional um, disorganization that you potentially might be aware of or you may become aware of more during the experience so so you know exercise could be approached from at least two two of those angles, right? You have the fitness thing on one end where it's more traditional in a sense. You go to the gym, you know, whatever. And then you have the less traditional sense, which is the self-care end, you know? And then they have to meet somewhere in the middle where one benefits the other, right? And vice versa.
0: And I think the, what you're pointing yeah. to is a... You're not saying this, these are my words, but a concept or a model which I'm willing to call it, and, I, and maybe to be somewhat provocative, um, as either obsolete or outdated or inherently wrong. <laughs> you didn't say any of that. I'm saying that. The model being there's the physical, there's the mental. And I think we know as Fel- as you're technically a Feldenkrais practitioner. I'm a, I'm a Feldenkrais um, fan. Uh, I'm not technically a practitioner. So as Feldenkrais, um, as students of the Feldenkrais method and somatics in general, my perception is that we inherently just know that the the concept of Europe, there's the body, there's the mind, there's the physical, there's the mental, these concepts are inherently, dare I say, damaging, or to use, you said a word, disorganization, they dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. You're not set, you didn't say that, but I'm curious, as I reflect back, is that a way of wording it that, you're, that fits here or not?
1: Well, so yeah, there's a possibility uh, for uh, things to become dysfunctional for one reason or another, right? And we all have a version of it one way or the other. It's just, we may not know it. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, some are more obvious like acute injuries or maybe chronic injuries that people have, you know, and I guess that's one way to look at it. maybe that's not the way you were thinking. And then there there are the habitual patterns whether it's in our thinking you know of responding the same way to something being said or done, or whether it's a uh, the certain way that you bend over to pick something up uh, that's maybe injurious or whatever um, in the long term um, so right th- th- that's kind of where I'm thinking about disorganization uh, that um, can I ask you more? Yeah. Another question, Please.
0: maybe the same kind of question, but worded a little differently. Do you think, as literally a Feldenkrais practitioner and as a fellow somatic practitioner and and student of somatics, the, the, in the context of even the um, propensity to injure oneself, whatever way it may be, do you think there is a direct relationship or correlation? Between a movement pattern and a, dare I, I mean, you could call it psychological. You could call it mental or thought pattern. Do you think there's a direct correlation?
1: Direct correlation. Where um, are they linked? It, yeah. Are
0: they inherently linked?
1: Yeah, inherently, um, I believe they they are linked, right? Um, right. Um, and it just depends on you know how we're talking about this um because what what can be present is the maybe the physical is not agreeing with the mental so to speak right and then there's uh the, the, yeah, or, there, vice it, yeah. or vice versa or vice versa and so that that could you know potentially cause this uh disorganization uh in both ways right um and so yeah so that the big thing i mean big thing i have appreciate more and more is that continuity of mind and body the connection the inevitable undeniable connection of mind and body and 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 just i guess what i've been my quest have been is to grow it even more to understand it even more to strengthen it even more through all these different means and approaches um that i personally get involved in um and then you know, of course, I teach some of that to my students or my family members or what have you. And so, yeah, it, it, that's the thing uh, is bringing different elements together to help the mind and body uh, become stronger and closer to being the one thing that is congruent in thought and action, which is a very hard thing to accomplish as you, as you probably know.
0: Well, I, I think, okay, good. This is actually more or less going almost exactly how I would have expected it, except with, again, we didn't plan any of this, just a conversation. So you just acknowledged, you you basically said that it seems difficult to bring awareness for for many of us to that continuity, as you keep calling it, which I like, to that connection it's a bit of a tangent, but I'm fascinated with the question of why is that challenging? I think it's possible that there, I mean, there are inevitable differences in terms of why that may be the case for some certain, um, obviously there's genetics, there's environment, there's what we call phenotype. There's the, the background, you, you and I have very different backgrounds in a lot of different ways, yet there's a lot of similarity and that's seemingly what's true for most people. So why is it often I'm saying that difficult to understand and experience and embody that continuity? Um, To me, that's a very fast, a very important question. Not necessarily obvious to answer, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's definitely you smile.
1: Uh, Because I I totally agree with you. It's very, it's a tough question. question. Uh, It's a very loaded question. And yet there are many answers to it. Um, And uh, one of them is probably has to do with that there are so many ways for us to get distracted, especially now, Uh, right? And distractions just keep your mind busy. So you're sort of in a dimension of thinking and you can go, you, you can get comfortable, you get, you know, it becomes a sort of a habitual place where you feel comfortable. You stay there and then taking you out of that space is not as easy because that is the more familiar place. So you, you, you would go there much more readily, your brain and, you know, you identify with it more readily. And so, um, some, some of these things just sort of be, become closer linked to your identity and, therefore going into a different dimension of say where you're perceiving yourself in a way where you're thinking, okay, well, how do I connect my mind and body? How do I perform in synchrony? How do I get myself feeling better and less anxious, right? That, that all has to do with um, giving yourself the time and, and uh, space to really, to really be and pay attention, right? Become aware. And this is, this is, I guess, what I'm alluding to is that our awareness is not, as enhanced as it could be, mm. um, and it's a big word. Of course, we've heard it many times, right? The the awareness, awareness. factor, the, the yeah, the consciousness. A lot. What I've what I what I've noted. What I'm noticing more and more, you know, is that a lot of people tend to go through life maybe you know in a less, you know, conscious way. And I mean that has to do with my observations from like around myself. You know, I'm not saying everyone is not as con, but we can enhance our consciousness, right? And this is. Important to understand because when we get distracted with something like playing a game or whatever, having our phone on our hand twenty four seven, you know, your you, every every experience you have gets linked to your your brain and, and it's processing how. It, and so, of course, the more you do something, the more you identify with something, the more that's going to be likely to to be actualized. And so. In in order for us to arrive at that sense of continuity with mind and body, you have to actually do the work and really tune in to things that you've not tuned in be- before, like your feelings, you, you know, your sensations. So that so it's a it's an investigative approach, right? Well, that you're
0: speaking to in a few almost rules for how to even be the detective to how to even go about investigating you've hit on slowing down you've hit on recognizing that you're you didn't again not always your words that you're here on earth you have to breathe you're on the ground you need to think about what it's like to be on the ground you need to feel being on the ground um dare i say these are rules for enhancing that awareness and there are more I hear you describing what I what I would call almost the requirements. The
1: requirements, yeah, it's a good way to put that, right? There are certain things we can agree on. That I think it's important because
0: we're so prone to to, um, overthinking and overanalyzing, and almost to the point of chaos. So it's like we don't even know what the ground is. We even use the word grounded, and it has no more meaning. It's like I don't think that's grounded. Honestly, to me what you're describing is the fundamental issue which is to say I don't even think we know really what it means to be a human. We're almost unintentionally steering ourselves some of us and we don't have to, of course. I think that's what we're speaking to is the possibility of of becoming aware of our of this general tendency and and making a choice to perhaps reconnect or remember or reevaluate um where we're at and where we're going but the general tendency is almost to be more like a machine or to almost think of yourself more like a machine or a robot and it's completely wrong (laughs) but nevertheless it's the tendency i think that's what you're kind of saying
1: it's a popular tendency. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, again, I am. All, I'm very conscious of not wanting to put words in your mouth. I'm just. Yeah, I'm very enjoy. I'm very much enjoying how you're speaking about something that I didn't honestly know we would get into so smoothly. But you're speaking about it, of course, with you know our similar backgrounds. It makes sense, but you're speaking about it in a way that is really almost steady and careful, and and methodical and then i enjoy jumping in and just saying you know this is what i'm hearing and it's like <laughs> driving up <laughs> just, let's just jump right at the wall for a second here and i appreciate doing both here it's it seems like a real complementary um analysis rooted in an understanding of like you pointed out in the beginning mental health slash exercise slash movement etc mental health awareness you specifically said so we're essentially right. describing what mental health awareness even means
1: yeah maybe at least in part um but yes um yeah but well thank you and i appreciate you jumping in to add on your, your um thoughts it's very important very helpful yeah i think a lot of us maybe don't even appreciate it right to to the extent that we should i think because mental health is important. It ties into your overall health. It ties into your physical health. Uh, so it's just another angle to to appreciate. Um, and you know we, again, that distraction type of lifestyle uh, or you know environment, whatever, you know we all are surrounded by distractions, one way or another nowadays and one on one hand it's important to be aware of that and understand that and that's you know uh, a fact uh, but then how do you set time aside and how do you then which uh, deliberately tell yourself okay now i'm going to take the time to do something that's different that will help my well-being and and all these other things and i'll in, indulge or or uh, take part in this experience that is not this norm you know maybe 9 to 5 or whatever that you uh, engaged in, right? It's of course um, challenging when a person is involved only in one particular thing all the time. Like we need different outlets, we need different things to do. And that kind of ties into my perspective on the multidimensional approach to health in general, right? It's movement practices, different practices out there, whatever speaks to an individual, whether you want to breathe better, uh, move better or, or both. And then get stronger. You can do three different things for different things at you know different times, but you can experience all these things and add on deposits to your health from different angles. That then later will pay dividends. It is going to happen. You got to believe it. Believing in the process, believing in the fact that when you are putting yourself in into those um, experiences deliberately, that you are indeed present for that. That you're not going there with your phone or whatever computer and thinking, well, I might jump on the call, blah, blah, blah. You know, they'll take you away from that, that continuity of reconnecting with yourself, right? Uh, so... While it's important to stay connected and and be distracted maybe on occasion uh, with, you know, work and thoughts and whatever, it's also important to deliberately take yourself out of those realms into a realm less familiar that may be initially scary to be in and uncomfortable for some people, which I've seen in practice. But nonetheless, you've seen
0: people experience that discomfort.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, you tell somebody lie on your back as you're doing a scan in a uh, awareness the movement sort of setting for Feldenkrais um somatics and you know, I'm beginning to guide the person's attention and set the stage for observations and um you know, um having given them an experience to feel their own uh, body touch the floor and how it's touching the floor and I, was like, and I could see the person's getting more tense as they're doing it <laughs> then eventually they had to tell me that they just they, they they can't slow down you know like and that was like a that was a big uh, sort of eye-opener for me you know because it happened a while ago you know now I'm more in tune with that because of my training maybe because of my own experiences because of these type of experiences that i'm mentioning to you about uh, witnessing this but at that point in time it was a little bit more fresh to me it was like 5 years ago maybe 4 years ago and i was like wow i mean i have to understand that that that's present for many people especially people who have you know difficult jobs jobs that require a lot of um responsibility you know high positions in the company or whatever and so People who are, you know, involved in those type of intense work environments, they will have a hard time letting go because they're not yet familiar with that process because it is a process. It's not something necessarily immediate, right? It's something that you train towards. Maybe f- for us now, for you and me, it's a little easier to just lie on your back and be like, okay, I can. Well,
0: um, in a <laughs> yeah. way, I kind of i want to <laughs> say how that is, what if that is true for me, I can see it depends on the context wholeheartedly. And that could mean time of day. That could mean who am I around? That could mean what is, which floor, which room lighting? It does depend. It's not, I, again, speaking to this, we're not machines there is a a real context to respect like take the person who you're saying essentially cannot normally like it's chronic their nervous system is in this go 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 state well most of the time it's probably hard but i would also say for a lot of people generally it depends on the context and that seems very appropriate you know time of day where when these are important variables I don't think I need to be able to just snap my fingers and turn off like some sort of machine. I, I have to respect environment. And that includes who's around me. Where am I? What have I been doing? And in a way to me, awareness mostly does continue to come. If I've gained any singular, if I want to highlight anything for myself in terms of my own awareness through movement practice, and general relationship with somatics. It's the ability to recognize that context makes the difference for everything. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're 100% on the money there. And um, I can agree with you more. Context is very important. Things can vary and change moment to moment, day to day. And that's why every time I work with a person, I'm always asking them, how are you today? Because yeah. how you were yesterday <laughs> may probably will be different. And so you meet the person or yourself, right? In your own practice uh, at this present moment. And what what I was alluding to with that uh, before, what was that, you know, the, this, the skill of getting there to, so it could become a, more of a skill when it's more, where it's, it's repeated, it's it's a practice of sorts, and you do it over a course of, you know, weeks or days or whatever, uh, some length of time, then it's easier to tap into those inner resources that allow you to have a change inside of you, right? Um, but, uh, but, but still with the context in mind, you know, it, it might be very much, it might, it might be very difficult You know on one hand when something traumatic happens which i had that experience and i just couldn't bring myself uh for a while to a place of comfort Um, but then over time i was able to recover um so of course that is very true uh but just knowing yeah but also what
0: you just said is true that if you respect the if you if you respect the need to practice and to be consistent and for time, with re- in relationship to your practice, the norm, I call the norm will absolutely change. And you might be able to just, based on, depending where you're at, mm-hmm. switch. And, of course, yeah, and that's a big part of the breathing techniques that you're probably learning, too. Um, right. Yeah, otherwise, geez, it's kind of like, why would you practice any of this stuff? Why would you have a practice, if not for the capacity to become as your awareness increases more to some extent in control. But I guess with regard to context, I'm just highlighting that the, con- the, the I think unexpectedly as you're exploring this awareness and simultaneously a kind of control, I believe what emerges, and I, I'm very consistently willing to call this the reality of the situation, you understand what's consistently true for all of us as, again, humans, Um, not just yourself, but that there's actually something kind of ubiquitous that we're all capable of seeing, or at least most of us. Um, That's, I always find that to be the most exciting part, quite frankly. (laughs) Everybody's different, but what's ubiquitous? What's universal? There's something... There's a lot there. It's really juicy. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And the one thing that I keep coming back to, that's true for all of us, one way or another, is we can all improve mm. uh, through our practice, yeah. right? <laughs> so what, whether it's a small improvement or a big improvement doesn't matter. Improvement is an improvement, whether it's 1% or 99%. And yeah, and, and as long as you keep that in mind, that w- with your practice... To geared towards whatever your likes and preferences are, that you will make improvement. You have to believe in the practice. You have to be consistent to an extent, right? And and be regular with it, just like anything else. And things do improve. Yeah, over time, as you said. <laughs> so, um, I think that's something to appreciate about anything. Whether you want to be less stressed or you want to be you know stronger or more cardiovascularly fit is that uh your your body or brain they're always wanting to be better in a better place you know and 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 we have to take the charge and kind of get ourselves there by whatever means you decide to to do to do so and yeah uh, i'm just appreciative of all the different angles that can get you there. You know, I have been through acute injuries in martial arts training uh, like right before I had to go to work where I sprained my ribs <laughs> and I was in, in training in jujitsu and it was an acute sprain cause I heard it pop and it heard the ribs pop. And then I knew exactly what it was cause I had it three years before in a different side.
0: Ooh, how'd that like, happen? This is... <laughs> what was going on there?
1: Well, <laughs> what happened was um, I was fighting force with force. So I made an error in my movement, you know, uh, you mean where you
0: forced your
1: right. You pushed so I was too being, hard
0: against something.
1: Exactly. I was being pinned. So I was on the floor my back pinned by another opponent who had great pressure, great angle. He immobilized me. Right, much like Moshe would talk about his experiences. Um, so I was immobilized on the floor for a moment, and I was trying to move in certain ways to create angles and freedom of, you know, for to get one limb out of position or whatever. So was trying to reposition, reconfigure myself, and then potentially try to sweep the other person onto their back. But the way I went about it was in a, in an erroneous way, where I ended up essentially, as opposed to using leverage and technique. I use my force, my strength against that person's strength, and of course, being that they're on top, and that person was probably stronger than I was. Um, I ended up essentially just coming to that static tug of war where I was bound to lose, and basically, before I lost uh, that sort of tug of pressure war, my ribs popped. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Is oh, this before we met, or is this during?" It our... was. It was during. <laughs> during. During our training. Okay. Yeah, and no, was probably in year
1: four that that happened to me. 20, so that
0: was twenty nineteen.
1: Twenty nineteen, that happened to me. Yeah, and so, pretty uh, so yeah, pretty recent. And so what was remarkable about that is that, like, of course, I felt a little bit hopeless and depressed right away because <laughs> one, I mean, I couldn't train at that, so I literally had to quit the the, the class uh, right there and then to not get further injured. But then, what well, I yeah,
0: is that like a compression? When you're calling it a sprain, I mean, in a rib, so I get, yeah, what, I would say, the... I guess I,
1: dislo- I dislocated my ribs. My ribs went out of the cartilage alignment, so okay. it's it, so they shifted, um, in the cartilage that attaches to my sternum in the front, so okay. they shifted. And and they, so I would say maybe it's a dislocation more than a sprain, but
0: no, I'm just I like the understanding the physiology of it. So, what which vertebrae was it, Dina?
1: I would say it's probably my T seventy eight. Yeah, like lower thoracic. I think that's
0: common. I feel I think that one happens a lot.
1: Well, with the jujitsu stuff, yeah, because the higher <laughs> ones have stronger connections, um, okay. and the lower ones are yeah, they have less of a connection, less of you know a strong bony connection. So yeah, it's easier to dislocate those. Good to know. All right. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. Well, the the and so of course the 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 forever. the forever lesson is don't fight force with force fight it with leverage (laughs) uh just like with awareness through movement lessons it's the same thing because when you slow things down and you really can feel things inside of you or internally into the skeletal movement you can really perceive the struggle and so that was that same idea but in a in a performative way where of course my sensation was obscured but intelligently, with my intelligence, I knew I was like, okay, it was an error, not a good move. And I ended up, you know, essentially creating a stage for my injury. And, but what was remarkable about that is that, um, you know, with all the feelings of, you know, being, you know, I mean, in pain, but but also depressed, upset, and all whatever, all these emotions that are not helpful before you have to go to work uh, with people Um, I immediately took myself to the mat upstairs in a different area where there were no classes going on, where I could just lie down and sort of bring myself back to a different moment. I started doing slow somatic, you know, training. Uh, So essentially I was doing Feldenkrais ATM, where immediately following my injury, the way I got an uh, acute injury, my ribs were, you know, there was swelling, my ribs were popped out of alignment. And, um, it was hard to raise my arm, you know, when, when your ribs get injured, quite a lot of different functions become hard to do. Breathing is one of them, (laughs) uh, you know, contracting your core muscles for stability, you know, plank or whatever, uh, running, you know, dynamic stability kind of gets hindered. Um, and of course, you know, moving your, your shoulder because your, your arm movement, your shoulder movement is linked so much with your ribs and the ribs ability to move along with that. So that was difficult. I couldn't even like get my arm up, you know, maybe even halfway. Um, Mm -hmm. So I immediately went to that somatic training, that somatic lens after all this, you know, martial arts training. And I immediately started doing things that I thought would help me restore some of my functioning, reduce my neurological tone. Cause definitely did you know, when you get injured acutely, your neurological system, your nervous system is just firing off. It's high, you know, it's on such high alert. Uh, Because there's perceived danger. And, you know, within 30, 40 minutes of that mindfulness practice with movement, um, awareness through movement, you know, in that case, it was Feldenkrais, um, I was able to get like 40, 50% better within 45 minutes um, of, you know, having that acute injury. And I went to work after I did some of that awareness through movement training on myself. And I, I was, I was able to work quite well given, given my injury, I had to be considerate of it and all that. But, um, I, I was really impressed with how much you can improve even in an acute stage of just being injured. Um, given that you have the resources and some of the knowledge and the tools to get you there, but you can really make a tremendous impact into your, and how you even being injured in an acute way, right. Not like a chronic injury. But something that's acute that you think like you just have to lie down and forget the world
0: and just. Yeah, you need to just (laughs) stop and heal and be in traction and don't move. Um, Right.
1: Be immobilized. Immobilize yourself and just don't move the ribs. No, I. Yeah. So anyway, so I did maybe what most people wouldn't do, um, you know, but I had to be very gradual and slow and I had to be very deliberate. But anyway, it was is one of those experiences that I will stick with me for a long time because it was really profound how much one can improve even in like a bad situation. So
0: I get it. Yeah. I think I did something similar in 2017. I did something even more explicit in 2014. Um, but 2017, I think I may have done something very similar to T eight. Um, it was a very memorable sensation when I did the particular move, (laughs) but it, it was definitely fighting force with force. Um, But I want to highlight what you've essentially, I think, uh, spoken to, which is not only is it, you know, good to improve, you always, what you're basically pointing to is that you always can, and I'll use some synonyms, can improve, grow, learn, etc., you can, and knowing that you can is probably the key thing that makes the difference. And know, and for all of us to know we can probably is the key thing that could make the difference. Um, but how Precisely. the te- the methodology is, again, the largely what I believe you've you know laid out, and we've been sort of playing around with. I think the need to improve, grow, learn is essentially a a biological imperative for us and what we maybe we just don't understand that enough or in all the relevant ways especially like we're talking about somatically um I don't want to switch the switch gears but I'm curious about New York <laughs> <laughs> It's been a I've heard I've heard about it it's uh it's occasionally on the news it's been on the news New York Right <laughs> yeah i've heard Supposedly about it it's too. a big it's a big place big place for people to
1: come right to explore. big place people are still coming in people are coming out it's this constant in and out <laughs> well just like i know yeah. you live
0: in queens but is there a profoundly different new york as far as you can tell one year later now like huh? compared to 12 months ago
1: it's a good question. It, it is quieter. Um, it, the trains are less packed for now. Although, of course, the MTA is not a much improved itself. Um, in what regards?
0: Like in in, the,
1: in terms of the, I guess the updates that there were none um, to anything. It just seems like a, a same old, you know, MTA. Which we, yeah, we we really need to work on that. Hopefully. And improve the technology of of the trains and you know anyway there's a lot but anyway the 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 trains have been um less packed i've noticed consistently for for now for a month or so um the but the, the city itself is still pretty lively right there are certain businesses that probably went out of business or moved or different things happened with that but i mean for the most part it it it's not m- that much different, really, I would say. Um, from my perspective, it's still hustle and bustle. People are either dining out or drinking or going to work so
0: hmm.
1: or exploring. <laughs> like Those are the four main categories, I guess, <laughs> for me. Um, so, I guess maybe there's a little more awareness because of this pandemic with this distancing for some people. So in some way, I feel like there's more, some more courtesy and awareness with that. But at large, I feel like not much really has changed. Uh, we were bouncing back. Um, people are eager to reopen, which I think is happening this week today, maybe, or whatever. But they're supposed to really loosen up the, the COVID rules. So people are ready. You know, I get that vibe that people just want to get in, just you know, get back into the, what they've been doing and slowly come back to work. I think the one area (laughs) where it is quite more different is that people like the hybrid (laughs) of working part virtually and part in person, which has great benefits. uh, I, I believe from the mental health standpoint, going back to our mental health thing, right? The less you have to spend time traveling and being anxious about traveling, the better. Right, and spending time on travel itself is kind of an annoyance. But not at the at the same time, nothing will really replace the in person experiences. Of course, you can do other things, uh, but in person is still different. And so, people understand that, and they want to come back to part time version of that. And I think that's the big change is that people really now have experienced. And appreciate that you can be uh, effective from home or from whatever place you work, other than the actual workplace. For those who can manage it, right? Like, not everyone can have that, that luxury. Like, my mom, who's a pet groomer, and there's no way she could do virtual work. <laughs> so, she has to be in person. But, you know, the core. <laughs> yeah. through it. Like,
0: that's fun <laughs> to imagine.
1: But. Or might be a dad, who is a mechanic, like, no way, you know, <laughs> car mechanic. So, um, yeah, but but a lot of people who obviously work in the corporate world um, can do that. And uh, it's a useful thing in that sense that I think people have learned. But other than that, other than, you know, appreciating virtual work, I feel like people are just ready to eat. They're ready to drink. They're ready to go to the gym and all these things that they've been doing before the pandemic. They already come back to it. And a lot of them have already come back to it. So, yeah, not much.
0: <laughs> good. Well, that's good to hear. It's good to hear. I assumed yeah. it wasn't dramatic enough. We would have heard about, those of us outside the city would have heard about certain dramatic changes. Obviously, there were you know, certain things that were happening last year, but overall, more or less the same, it sounds like. Yeah. Good. yeah.
1: Overall, more or less the same, from my perspective. From your yeah. perspective, yeah.
0: You still go to the institute a lot?
1: I have not been to the institute since the pandemic, essentially. Yes, oh, for a year all right. plus, so not yeah, long
0: after graduation.
1: Yeah, not long after graduation. I've been just doing a um, online virtual trainings and seminars that they've provided us with, and that's kind of how I've been doing a lot of my, you know, self exploration. You know, uh, with Wim Hof. You know bought, his programs.
0: Study. Yeah, tell me about that. How, so what's that been like and how have you been doing the ice? Have you been engaged in a community? Like, are you connecting with the XPT people?
1: Uh, so, yeah, no, I don't. So I'm not as engaged in the ice, ice part of it. I okay. uh, do cold showers, right? That's where okay. I really made up a lot of ground is that I've been more consistent with that more than I've ever been, uh, for sure. And the breathing, I mean, itself too. Like, I've never really dedicated so much, uh, consistent time, uh, for breathing, um, practices. And I've always wanted to have a breathing practice, right? Like there are exercises in Feldenkrais that you do to improve or, or work with the function of breathing with right. the physiological manifestation of that and, you know, uh, or mobilization of that uh, and with the, yeah, with the, so what, you know, COVID hit in 2020 and, I, uh, um, you know, was stressed out like most people, and trying to figure out what's next, how to you know adapt and all that. And then um, I've also been, I guess, the my on my feet. You know, Wim Hof has been coming on, and I've been watching. I've watched a few documentaries about him on YouTube and and on other platform. So I learned a good amount to have an idea about what the what, what he does and how it affects how it can help people and then i became really curious because i felt like i needed it and um the lucky for me and for other people who took advantage of this he was running discounts at the beginning of the pandemic because of the pandemic he was i guess he was kind enough to extend a discount and so i was like you know what i'm taking advantage of it <laughs> i was like I'm, I'm doing a lot of self-exploration during this time like this kind of gave me the opportunity thankful in that's what I'm thankful for in that regard is that I was able to to spend time on learning and exploring things like uh, Wim Hof breathing so I I did committed to buying uh two programs of his um one is uh called fundamentals that it has a um some lecturing and and yoga uh warm ups before breathing lessons and then the other one is just strictly more like breathing lessons um so I really have been I studying the
0: fundamentals the, one, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so that's the one I've been working a lot with, is the fundamentals. And, um, you know, it, the first time I did it, uh, the very first lesson, I already felt different. You know, and maybe lucky for me, like, uh, having had the Feldenkrais experience. And that's experience, just, like,
0: three holds. Like, you do yeah. the pumps and you do a an exhalatory hold, right?
1: Yeah. 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 You, so you do 30 pumps, right? 30 inhalations. You do a minute to a minute plus hold uh, three times. So three three rounds of that, three to four yeah. rounds of that. It's an
0: exhale hold, right?
1: Exhale. Yeah. No, not full, but easy exhale hold. Right. And then, you know, you make it to whatever you can make it 45 seconds, a minute, whatever. And then you take another inhalation, you hold that for 10, 15 seconds and you pressurize that a little bit to your head and then you let it go.
0: <laughs> Were you, did you do it lying down or sitting? What was best? What worked for you?
1: I find that for me, in lying down, those work great. Um, I try them in sitting. Um, it's definitely it definitely changes your experience, right? The, the configuration that you do something with, and it change it could change your experience of that in in an interesting way. But I find that I mostly do it on my back. <laughs> it's a good place for me personally to be. I've done it on my stomach too. You know, and never near difficult. water. <laughs> never near water actually i've done this in a pool don't recommend it to anyone <laughs> but it was an experiment uh for me anyway i don't recommend it were you it, supervised and, yeah i had people like okay, my wife
0: and, yeah well the xpt um, gang does a lot of it the holds in the water with dumbbells yeah. even. but yeah you never oh, do wow. it alone you just never do it you, alone. you don't do these
1: things alone and i wouldn't <laughs> even suggest going as far as i did i did it because i'm an experimental person i trust you know, my feeling and sensing at this point that if I'm, you know, not in a good place, I'll just stop kind of like tap when you are submitted, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, uh, don't mess with that. You, you know, don't, you no don't want to dislocate a rib again.
1: Exactly. I'd rather, yeah, well, and yeah. So anyway, uh, so I felt immediately different right after the first, um, you know, experience, like real experience with that on my own, And from there on, I was like, you know, this is something that I need to pursue on a regular basis. I want to study and understand it. And I've been doing that for over a year now. And it tremendously enhanced my well-being. I I feel it. I believe it. Um, You know, I incorporate it every day, sometimes twice a day. Um, There was a point in my life um, half a year ago where I was grieving and going through a loss. And um, it, it really helped me to have that um, strategy to 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 get back on my feet Should and uh,
0: what you' are talking about
1: uh no, I don't think um I told you, but I lost a family member hmm. um, due to um, uh, health and um and and anyway, so that really like that that had a tremendous effect on me and yeah I was just I'm just fortunate that I was able to have the tools and the resources to overcome that because really something like this can really uh, throw people out of whack. Something like this can really um, put you in a bad place. And um, if you don't have the resources to help yourself feel better, and it's just really tough. And of course, having people around helps and you know, people, support from your friends and loved ones helps. Um, and, and also it's what can you do for yourself as well? That, responsibility of, of knowing how to take care of yourself. And um, I'm really fortunate that I discovered Wim Hof at that time. It helped me on many levels and um, exposed me to cold showers. I have not done the ice, but what, I, what I've what i gotten to doing, though, in this winter, which I've never done in my life before, is I when it snowed out, it was like zero degrees or whatever, negative 10. I went out there, I snow bathed the hell out of myself i did a headstand kind of like Wim.
0: <laughs> I, I saw you i saw those videos i thought that was really cool yeah i didn't know Honestly, yeah. <laughs> i would have never,
1: I never gotten to that point had i not done the breathing had i not done the cold showers like it all actually set me up to just not be afraid of that you know because in a way like there's this fear right that you put yourself out there in this extreme weather in a way and that it may somehow harm you
0: But when you that something's going to stop functioning, most likely breathing. And of course, obviously, if you train yourself to handle holding your breath and controlling your breath and realizing the extent to which your breath is literally linked to all of your functionality, then, yeah, of course, you're going to be able to do it better. (laughs) You have to you have to just that's just part of a practice. I think it's popularity is so beautiful specifically because it's a it's available literally to everyone no matter what
1: yeah i think that's the beauty of our time in a way is that there are so many resources are available to so many people
0: um you know i mean breathing as a as a found. obviously i like to say what you know what is the one thing that you know what's the one need that we all share? I all the yeah. time?
1: <laughs> the vitality. <laughs> and, well, yeah, you know, the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like the breathing aids our <laughs> yeah. vitality, right? As human beings, like it actually, you know, powers us up, right? In many ways,
0: um, and literally make allows us to live, and
1: literally allows us to live. <laughs> the one thing that we all have to do is we have to breathe in order to live. You're right.
0: <laughs> well, it but, sounds so silly. It sounds so right. asinine, but that's the point. That's why Wim Hof, I think, is so beautifully popular because it's so it is so asinine and obvious. Hmm. It's and as, as obvious as it is, it's, well, maybe it's also not asinine, very. But it's obvious, yeah.
1: <laughs> right? As obvious as it is, it's also uh, elusive, right? Because yes. we think that while well, I breathe every day, why do I need to spend time? You know, doing it or devoting time to prac, doing a practice that just focuses on that, right? It's just it's such an interesting thing because we do do. If you ask anyone, of course, anyone would recognize, yeah, I need to breathe to live.
0: I mean, that's just right. It's life. So it's a question: you know, What do you? How do you want to live? Do you want to be able to go do a handstand in the snow, or do you want to resist the snow and stay indoors because you don't like weather? You know, so it doesn't uh, yeah. have to be the, the. You don't have to want to do the handstand, but at least recognize you have options
1: yeah and you right have options as to how you're gonna do something or how you're gonna feel about something frankly too right like your attitude about something makes a difference that that can affect your experience right uh so then there's there then there's the attitude towards an activity that you're doing um and yeah like this you know situation with the pandemic and going through breathing you know just learning new things i've actually grown to appreciate um, different types of weather more the rain i appreciate more now because i know if i go running in the rain there will be less people and it's an opportunity <laughs> for me to be active <laughs> and absorb <laughs> some of the moisture
0: um but yeah, yeah just it's kind if of if it's a certain kind of rain it's kind of refreshing can help you go longer it yeah, keeps it cool exactly
1: Exactly. Or the snow, even I learned to appreciate more uh, as I Im- embodied it uh, or or uh, dug into it myself. Um, so absolutely. Um, and, you know, I feel like yeah, definitely having the uh, felt, you know, experiencing other um, movement practices. It really helped me even more intensely feel the benefit of, of Wim Hof breathing method um and going back to what we are saying earlier you know a mindful practice is different from something that's automatic or or subconscious you know that 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 is an important thing to understand because yes we breathe right but do we always think about how we do it and what the quality of our breathing is uh, you know and all the, the the different elements that come with that right just like with the movement do we ever stop to slow down uh, you know and zero in on on some sort of movement uh, to see like well could that feel better so it's the same thing you know it's another angle of wellness that we can dismiss easily because we do it all the time we move all the time we, we breathe all the time why spend time perfecting those things or or, or improving those functions um, of our existence right and yet when you do You'll, you'll see why.
0: <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. Do you have companionship in this journey? Is, is your wife joining you in this exploration? Or is this a solo for the moment?
1: She has joined me a couple of times. Um, and she's appreciated it. But she's not regular like I am, I think. My cat appreciates it too, <laughs>
0: <laughs> because yeah. they are <laughs> impressive <time>. movers.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I just I noticed this pattern that when I open out the mat or when I lie down, you know, on the mat, she immediately comes over to see what I'm doing, and then when I start to settle down and breathe and relax, she also gets the vibe and she starts to settle down you know whether next to me or or with the head on my shoulder or something it's I've, yeah it's so, so funny and and um fascinating because there's she, it's like she's trying to embody what i'm embodying or experience what i'm experiencing somehow like, because yeah she puts herself in that situation with me and lies down and and then stays there for whatever time she can she feels comfortable staying 10 minutes maybe at a time sometimes five you know but yeah that's that that's been more regular as my cat joining <laughs> me and on occasion my wife I, I introduced my mom to that and my mom likes it you know um so i've slowly introduced this to a few family members um and they my friend also who has chronic pain has come to appreciate it very much as well yeah i, I think especially people with chronic pain um i found that they Find value in this uh, because it can help reduce pain, um, right? Like with different uh, experiences like this, with different modalities like this, you evoke a certain chemical reaction in your brain that can help can, can help you feel better, right? Um, and that's something to appreciate as well. Is that every, you know all these practices that we we'll put ourselves through, whether it's you know, strength training, whether it's somatic move, movement practice or breathing movement practice, they tap into our neurology, and, and and with that, there are chemical responses that happen that can communicate to other parts of ourselves. You know, a feeling of better, euphoric, or what what have you, um, happy. So there are also those merits to uh practices mind you know we can call them mindfulness practices mm-hmm. yeah, uh, at the end of the day many things can be mindfulness practices i think a lot of it has to go uh with the uh, it has to do with the question of how you how how are you doing it uh, what do you what are you really you know paying attention to what what what, what is the context I guess to your point, right? Because if you are on the bike, you know, watching TV and cycling, just going through the motions, it's a different effect from something where you're, you know, really thinking about how you're pushing those pedals, how are you lined up over the handlebars, what is your what is your body doing actually in that moment? You know, how are you breathing with all that motion? When we start to think about these uh, different things that that <laughs> you can uh you can, you know, when you when you start to of shift your attention in the moment of doing an activity, it immediately becomes more mindful. And, and I think that's an element that's missing a lot of times with a lot of things that people do. Is that we're not really thinking about how we're doing certain things; we're just doing them. And uh, your experiences can be enhanced by that type of mindfulness, whatever it is that you decide to focus on, and then it has also an effect in terms of the connections you make in your brain about this activity and then how it's actualized the next time.
0: That's the improvement.
1: And that could be the improvement. It could be the improvement. It could be more mindlessness if you're just going to stick to the same way and just sort of keep watching your TV or reading a newspaper as you're doing an exercise, like cycling on a bike. Right. I mean, It's not the worst thing, you know, to disengage from an activity now and again. But when it's uh, more of a norm, then that's I think that's a problem.
0: Well, yes, if it's the norm or even worse, if it's the only option for you. Right. Possible. (laughs) Which is possible. (laughs) Very possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think. So for what it's worth, I wrote a book. I know wow, I haven't talked to you about this. Congratulations. I wrote a book. Um, we can talk more about that some other time. And actually, I was going to ask you if you'd be open to reading it because I'm at the point where I need, I need feedback. I just finished it on April 10th, and I'm very interested. And even with obviously the extent to which I do have a background in Feldenkreis method, um, meaning that I've explored. Felt in Christ, pretty in depth, and and how that's even taught, et cetera, et cetera, how that's how people engage with that, seemingly, uh, and how it's perceived publicly. Um, I'm fa- I'm very intrigued by the possibility of specifically unpacking for people in a way that they can relate to why it's important to. I guess, prioritize this age-old, obviously timeless, what we could call wisdom or, or suggestion. You could say it, be in the moment, slow down, just breathe, all the things that we know. But specifically, look at yourself more as inherently connected to, inherently connected, period. Recognize that that's the truth. There's an inherent implicit connectivity to you in all contexts, as you are, in all relationships. And reform your, yeah, tendencies with that awareness. Why to do that, I think, is the, is the most provocative question. Why to do that? How is easy, I think but why is trickier. And I think the why matters, at least as a, to me, it seems important. (laughs) Um, How is obviously key. That's what all the tools are for. That's the, those are all the methods. Those are all the tricks, but why it's important, I think is still elusive. I also think it's obvious, but I think it's elusive. (laughs) Coin Feldenkrais's point. And I, I guess I am curious if there's a, Because we've been, I've sort of posed that question already. Not that we have to have the answer, but I believe it's possible for us to explore it more directly well. But I am curious if you have any instinct as to the why it's important. Beyond individual health, if you will, which is which is obviously great, obviously necessary. It's imperative. But is there a, is there more to the Why?
1: the the why need to um sub, take the specific time to devote to to
0: have what you're basically calling an exercise practice but understanding that exercise means a lot of different things <laughs> right just mean fitness it certainly doesn't just mean um cardiovascular health certainly doesn't just mean watching your calories certainly doesn't just mean burning calories certainly doesn't just mean Um, getting your steps in it certainly doesn't just mean being flexible it certainly doesn't just mean being strong hence the word movement which is inherently an integration of arguably all of this and more Um, yeah why
1: why yeah it's such a great question and such a loaded one too because wow when i just think about that right i mean i feel like a lot of times you know uh, we take our ability as virtue, right we hmm. think okay well I'm functionally capable, I'm younger, I feel great blah 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 virtue
0: or take it for granted what do you mean do you mean vir- I guess uh, I should say take it for granted, yeah,
1: I guess maybe it, um, it's sort of like a thing that you uh take for granted because in a moment things could be great, right, but do we think about you know the future and how things can play out potentially if you just don't aid yourself in in, in 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 furthering your ability or or even just checking in with with certain things that you do um in life. I mean so what I'm going to now is you know the fact that um exercise practice will help our further growth in our life. Right. Um, there are many ways to look at that too, right? You could for example think um okay well I'm gonna get stronger with the squat or deadlift or whatever to help myself be stronger when I pick something up, or improve my function of lifting objects from the floor, right? Or 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 you 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 could decide well I'm gonna devote my myself to this breathing practice because I want to improve my breathing capacity and improve my stress levels. You know, a, a lot of times there are deeper things to these uh, practices. And I think we have to go for the deeper. Uh, it would be helpful to go for deeper meanings of whatever activity that you end, ended up, end up involve, or getting involved in. Um, and, and I think that's the beauty, too, is that you can select, right, based on your experience. You can experience one thing or the other. And you can select what works for you, or what you think works for you, right? Hmm. And because people's beliefs also uh, play into these things, what people believe inherently sometimes can alter how how they uh, feel about certain things, right? Um, it's like if you believe that one practitioner will help you. Get rid of your pain. It might well ha- may well happen because you strongly believe that, um, and, and then the experience goes according to your expectation, and and things work out, uh, right? Um, and then sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And um, just realizing that when you put yourself in a position of invol- getting involved in in a regular practice that you're using that time and space to improve yourself one way or another. You know, you could relate that to something. And I think when you do relate it maybe uh, in some way to to something important in your life, it becomes a little bit less of a challenge to commit to. But I think the commitment itself is very hard to come by. Well, that's
0: the key. That's the reason I'm asking, I think, because I believe there's something... Even more elusive, I think Feldenkrais was extremely like on the right track. I think he was really on to something. And I think unfortunately, it's not what we were what we often discussed and in, in my opinion, enough in training. Like kind of the deeper behind the scenes, like you're saying, beliefs really are so like just take a very basic, I think, belief that there's something more than life on earth. I believe that's a critical concept, the possibility that there's more than life on earth. I wholeheartedly suspect makes or breaks the quality of somebody's life, the quality of how they move, the quality of how they engage with themselves and others you can believe in the possibility you can obviously stay open to the possibility but actually believing it and believing that it maybe matters more i can't think of anything more dangerous honestly (laughs)
1: dangerous in what way
0: it destructive dangerous in that it's detrimental to the ability to stay focused on what we're describing, what is, what's right in front of you, being aware of the context right in front of you, and maintaining that context as what's what's the priority for how to continue to live, because it's going to change moment to moment. But if your foundation is thinking no matter what's in front of you, what matters is actually this other thing this other world this other possibility this other could be real it could be not but it's not what's in front of you if that's your priority what's right in front of you is secondary tertiary clearly not the priority i believe that's i think we can call that dangerous (laughs) in a technical sense because you can continue to project something You can continue to ignore something in, that is going on because it's not as important as what you're projecting as the priority. <laughs> like you're saying, we take people may take their "quote unquote" health for granted. I honestly think that's why. I mm-hmm. literally think that's the main reason, like through and through.
1: Yeah, I, I see and that. I believe, Fel,
0: I believe, felt in Christ more or less thought the same thing. <clears throat>
1: Or yeah, wonder. W- right. I right, know. Definitely. I'm sure there, there's something that he, like that that he was uh, aware <laughs> of. Um, but because you could see, you know, you see a lot of that every day, right? People choose to do things. that Well, he maybe, saw the
0: writing on the wall. He just saw the Third Reich. R-
1: right. So there you go. Right. Um, there's a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take those once in a while.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you're doing them regularly now i am because i'm aware <laughs> i know they're important <laughs> They are.
1: um yeah no i uh, they're, they're, you're definitely right um that people you know it's easy to dismiss right and also i think um not having not having had the experience of feeling different or feeling better not having have arrived at that uh experience because once you experience feeling better it does change something in you right it does give you a perspective at least where you can then make a different decision hopefully to to do something to uh, to continue improving or to to do something else to try to um, help yourself improve in whatever way you're looking to get better Um, and so the yeah there's this. You know, dismissal of functionality where you just think like, well, i'll you know i'll I'll move well now, and then when I'm later, um, whatever, you know, um, maybe things just sort of you know acceptance of of not having the maybe not having the the power or so so to speak to to make a difference, but we all have it, right? we all we all have the the power well, to improve.
0: The power is a cool word. I like that word a lot. That's a... I power, in that, a sense,
1: yeah. access to to our resources. Like, you know, I guess maybe I should... Yeah, but pa- power to...
0: To know your capacity, to know your...
1: To key. know your capacity, right. To so know your I capacity, like yeah. you know, and and um, actually appreciating that you have the resources. I think just a lot of it is lack of awareness, right? And, and maybe that dismissal of... Of functionality um, is is, is stems in a way from that that you just you've never accessed your resources to improve how you're feeling or you know your whatever it is Um, and so when you have that experience of of accessing your internal resources to change your brain activity or whatever your neurological activity and feel calmer all of a sudden all of a sudden you feel you know, more alert, you know, more connected in, in, you know, in yourself, Mm -hmm. like you're in ground, like to your coming back to that first one, first thing we say, grounding, like you feel comfortable in your own skin, right? Like you kind of know where you are in space, (laughs) you you know, what you, you know, what your views in the world are. Um, But anyway, it's like, that's an elusive thing is that we have, our own natural internal resources and then there are means to access them through different ways of applying yourself physically and, and internally. Um, and so I, it, it's, it's an important thing to play around with different vari- variables to, to see what, what what helps you right because it's an individual path and different people uh, respond different differently to different things. Um, but the tools are out there so we have to discover them uh, somehow and realize that we can actually improve how we age. We can improve how we function. Even if we feel we're functioning well, there is still improvement to be had, no matter how well you function, you think.
0: Uh (laughs) Well, yes, the capacity literally (laughs) cannot end. The capacity to grow is... And this speaks as well to... The specific kind of I think danger is thinking that there's an ending right, right. Um, I was
1: just thinking that
0: yeah. <laughs> it's a tariff. it's a really i think again, dangerous. I don't mind using those provocative words because of I think the extent to which to 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 you know, with respect to the possible horrors that we are capable of pushing ourselves if we're not careful with based on these beliefs, so. Thinking that there's an ending, geez, I mean, we don't have to unpack the horrors, but just understanding that that's not actually even possible. Nor would you want it to be. It right. just, like you said, squat, deadlift, whatever the conventional moves are, or even just literally improving your walking. Let's just say that's even more relevant. I, I How think. many people
1: think about that?
0: That I yeah, do and my walking. You improve your walking, you're going to be able to improve your running. You're going to be able to improve your jumping. You're going to be able to improve. You're climbing, you're going to be able to improve. You're hiking, you're going to be able to improve. Maybe eventually you'll do a backflip. Who the hell knows? Maybe you'll run up that brick wall. Any, Absolutely. But it has to begin with, it begins with where you're at, like you've said. It begins
1: with where you're at. You're right. But and it doesn't and, stop. And, and, mm-hmm. It doesn't that's... stop. You become, yeah, becoming aware of where you are um, to begin with so that you have some sense of that. Um, and understanding that's at least I'm agreeing with you uh, so much. Um, that's what I was thinking is that no matter how good, you know, you get at something, there's always the next layer above that. And it's never going to be perfect and that's okay. You know, perfection is sort of an abstract thing, but things always have that next layer up, that next layer down, depending on what continuum you're going um you know you definitely don't want to trend downwards as much as you can you want to kind of continue unraveling those uh upper layers of being better and being even more a little bit more you know a little bit more and a little bit more <laughs> and so you just constantly kind of climbing up that continuum you know and, and as long as yeah you agree with yourself that there's just not really that point of perfection which is a great thing because you can always Make an improvement that way.
0: Yeah, it's Um, actually (laughs) liberating. Yeah. I think it's true freedom. Exactly. So you're improving for yourself your capacity to do what? A 10 minute breath hold?
1: Well, the longest I got was like three minutes
0: and fifteen or three thirty three
1: minutes thirty seconds. That was On my an inhale problem. or an exhale? No, an exhale. That's
0: a, that's amazing, right? Isn't that amazing? That's so it impressive. It is amazing.
1: And and that's what's great. I had no idea I could even hold it for one, but you know, within the first lesson I learned that I could hold it for a minute and a half, minute, maybe close to two minutes.
0: That's amazing. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, um, and I just you c- came with no expectations, with an open mind, and I think that that's an, an important thing, right? Is, is to keep an open mind um, about experiences that we put ourselves through, um, because if we come with to things expecting a lot, it m- you know may change your experience. So I think a clean experience is always a useful one, as much as possible. Um, and, um, it opens up uh, a door to possibilities then where you are more curious, you're, you know, you're able to learn and uh, you know, as long as we can allow ourselves to be in a curious mindset. And we, of course you've heard, uh, this being talked about a lot. I've heard this being talked about a lot. And I practice this, you know, as a martial artist, you know, no matter how high level you are, you're always learning. If you're a black belt, you know, higher belt, red belt, whatever. You know, you're never just to our point, you're never perfect. You're still learning because there'll still be a student. There'll still be a a teacher who will do something different that you'll be like, oh, wow, never knew that possibility (laughs) or never thought of that possibility, you know. So, you know, being curious, being open minded with little expectations in terms of, um, you know, new experiences and just allowing yourself to really immerse. in the way you're you know feeling things and thinking about things um which will, will will just change your experience with many of these um and so yeah hopefully one day i will be able to hold my breath for 10 minutes but that's going to take some time <laughs> but once you get to 10 you want to go to 10 30 and 11 yeah go- <laughs> 50 <laughs> <for Right>? a-
0: <laughs> who knows literally who knows i mean obviously yeah. you can imagine there's a limit but who knows? Exactly. Once that once you reach that limit, something else will be intriguing. Precisely. That's life, I would hope, That's to it. want to continue to explore. But with I think a lot of what we've been discussing is the or at least I'm always conscious of the need for that ground, that foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I believe it's I do believe it's necessary. Yeah, there are oh, so many metaphors, of course. You got to have the roots. You got to... Whatever you want to say. We know the... We know it. Yeah. Um. I just snapped a picture of you. I, I was very drawn to... <laughs> very, very relaxed <laughs> and grateful just then. Um. I gave myself until four because I know mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. I... um. I know between four and my next thing, I'm going to need some time. Sure. Do you... I'm digging it. Do you, do you feel like there's something else you really feel inspired to express or share before we intentionally kind of pause? Yeah, sure,
1: of course and I I guess a good time to maybe I guess conclude uh or summarize you know, some <laughs> ideas. I just um yeah, I, I I if anything I just want to be encouraging to people, um, you know, we all go through problems and troubles and and losses and things that are really um, tough and health problems, right? Just to understand that or appreciate um, and become curious about ways that you can really help yourself and others, uh, but, this, but at least in the first place yourself, um, that you can improve no matter where you are and who you are. Um, it's just a matter of finding something that Help, that works with you, that, that speaks to you, that you can be curious about enough that you will be open-minded, uh, open to an experience, um, and allow yourself uh, to be immersed, uh, in, in the realm of possibilities without distractions, right? We all like distractions. I, I get distracted, but I, I, you know, I know, but just, uh, whatever, wh- whatever it is that, that helps you, um, Believe it, stick with it, try new things. uh, And uh, we all have to work towards better health and um, just living more consciously where we are deliberately making decisions as to how we are responding to one another, how we're treating one another. It's all the same thing, right? Um, If I'm not aware that I'm treating someone poorly, how am I going to improve? So... (laughs) Um, you know, we are in this um day and age where we're just constantly bombarded with new information with you know distractions and uh thoughts, and naturally our brains want to think and keep spinning and just um take the step back and realize that there's so much more to our existence than the noise that is constantly around us. We're always going to be in that noise. We're never going to get out of it. But we have to take ourselves out deliberately into a space where we can be mindful of ourselves and our own existence in that moment and how we're feeling and the experiences we're having so that we can direct ourselves into a better, you know, better life. Um, You know, it starts with us, like we, we improving on your overall health, improving on your functional ability along with that. Um, working on reducing stress. That's a big thing for many people because a lot of people don't even realize they're stressed because they're so used to it, right? They may be even talking about it, but not realizing it, right? Uh, And how do you realize it? Take the time to do something different other than what you're already doing. Whether it's a breathing lesson, whether it's somatic practice lesson where you're doing slow movements and paying attention to that, at the end of the day, anything can become mindfulness practice, more or less. It's Of course, it's on a continuum and it's always gonna be different. But even if you're just running outside, if you're just focusing, if you just take the time, maybe five whatever minutes out of your run to focus on how you're placing your feet, how are you leveraging your, your, your running, how the pushing behind each step, how you're swinging your arms, how are you taking those breaths in rhythm or not with the movement? That becomes a mindfulness practice in a way, right? Like you're already not distracted by other things that maybe your thoughts of work coming back from the run. That's just an example. And I mean, I do this myself all the time. Like I go for a longer run, thoughts start creeping in, my chest starts tightening up and I'm like, oh God, will I last? I'm like, okay, back to the breath, (laughs) back to the movement, (laughs) just kind of getting lost in the mechanics and the physiology of it all for me but of course it's easier for someone who has done a lot of this and and you but so but that's something that can improve too right your ability to put yourself in those places and that state of mind comes with practice like nothing will come just in a snap of a finger you have to take the time to improve at being focused right and that's kind of part of what we're talking about is that if you're putting yourself in a place of being mindful mind, being mindful and being attentive to the moment, it's actually a focus, right? Doing a breathing um, uh, practice, it's, a, it's, it's a, also a place of focus. And we are having a hard time focusing on one task at a time. We think that we're multitasking this and that, but really, you know, it's hard to be great at 10 different things at the same moment. Your brain just doesn't work like that efficiently. You can only be one, good at one thing at one time when you really kind of immerse yourself in that experience. And the more it would take time to really do that, to, to immerse ourselves in experiences that mean something to us deeply and really stick with that, allow the noise to come in, but then let it go out because it's going to happen. Just accepting for what it is, but also being structured enough that you don't get lost in the noise when you're doing something for yourself. So if anything, that that's you know the takeaway is that we can all improve and uh, let's take the time to become more mindful, more conscious of our actions and decisions that we're making, and the things that we say to each other. And um, I think collectively we can all make a world a better place if we just take the time for ourselves to feel better, whatever that means. If we feel better, then other people might feel better too.
0: <laughs> so <laughs>
1: we can we can emit some of that good energy onto other people and. The world at large when we're collectively in the same place (laughs) so
0: (laughs) there's that perfect and that is exactly why i keep asking these questions about what's ubiquitous what's integrative what's true for the the whole species basically so we think both simultaneously of our own individual growth and improvement as you say but also that of the whole so that's right good job you know you i didn't know you had the capacity for these beautiful monologues it's great good job (laughs) we bookend it's a good bookend we opened and closed with that so you good you want to you okay with that
1: i was gonna say you're you're very kind yeah i appreciate you saying (laughs) that Uh, maybe it's been bottled up in me i i I think you've got to get
0: more of this i know this was a this first experience for you i think is really shown that you need more of this maybe there's something to that open yeah open up right in here (laughs) right i'm
1: thankful to you for having me on um i really really appreciate it it's such a pleasure to see you obviously always so (laughs) you too man Um, i'm gonna think about this a lot and just how that actually changed changed me from today on because it definitely is something new for me. So, yeah. Good. Hopefully there will be more.
0: (laughs) All right. Leave it at that for now. Well, that was wonderful. Again, Valentine, thank you. I, yeah, I don't mind saying this about, there's a lot of men in my life, if you're still listening at this point, if you listen all the way through. I hope you find it refreshing for one man to say about another man that he is, he's a beautiful man. Uh, there's a Mason Jennings song I remember hearing in 2008 when I was in the Peace Corps, actually, funny enough. And it I think it goes something like, Damn, What a Beautiful Man. <laughs> um, and it's just about, uh, it might even be called that, Damn, What a Beautiful Man. And its uh, it's a sweet one. It's basically just an acknowledgement that, yeah, there's a, there's no harm. There's Obviously, there's no harm. There's no harm in saying anything is beautiful. Anyone is beautiful. In fact, when I was in the Peace Corps, you know, excuse me for being still very apparently um, gregarious and verbose right now, when I was in the Peace Corps, you would literally see boys walking around villages holding hands regularly. And I think that's just that is beautiful and it didn't have to be, there was no need for an explanation. There was no thought really put into it at all. It just people touch. There's no, there's nothing to think about. Okay. So that was a strange tangent there for me to simply say, uh, or <clears throat> that was an unexpected one we'll say, for me to simply say, thank you for listening. Uh, and it's a great segue into the other uh, acknowledgement of one of our sponsors, Philadelphia Table Company, a home, uh, uh, based in Yardley, as I often point out. Um, we have a lot of build. We have a lot of uh, items here from Table Philadelphia Table Company. I'm looking at a few right now: some shelving, the desk, uh, and of course, an actual table. They are the best table company probably in the galaxy willing to say solar system won't go so far as to say universe but certainly in the solar system any kind of table you want uh, can even be flat and it could be round could be square they do it all and it is going to be a an item which you will cherish and pass on to your children and your children's children It's always going to be in your family, always going to be in your life. It's that kind of quality. We're talking like the kind of thing that you see in somebody's attic that's like, wow, that's really old. Where's that from? It's like hundreds of years ago. Just jump ahead in the future. That's what they're going to be saying about Philadelphia Table Company items. And with that, I'm done because clearly this is a very rambly intro and outro. But it's fun, at least for me. All right thank you quite a few more episodes coming in this season and we're going to just keep tactfully pointing out the things we're pointing out questioning what we're questioning getting on our own soap boxes as often as is relevant um, beating the drums that we're beating and as always most importantly thank you for listening it is why I do this in addition to occasionally liking to hear myself talk. It's actually pretty uncomfortable to hear yourself talk, but it is nice to do it. It's good to do it. You should try it. Bye-bye. Thank you. Be well.